0: Hey, and welcome to this podcast by Chestnut Mountain Church located in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where our mission is to saturate the world by making disciples. We invite you to check out our website at chestnutmountain.org and follow us on social on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at chestnutmtn underscore to learn more about who we are. There are also video episodes located on our YouTube channel along with other content not on this podcast. This episode features a sermon replay from Sunday's message. Let's take a listen.
1: As we look back last week, we think about how James starts out this book, how he starts it out talking to the the believers who have been dispersed. And basically, we landed last week with kind of that gut punch in the very beginning that, that trials are coming to the believer. There's no matter of, of if they're coming, but the fact is they are coming. And so the way we kind of ended last week is we know that, that trials are coming, we don't know when, and we have no idea what they look like. Sign me up. Sounds like great news, doesn't it? But what we did also learn is that these trials, that God either sends or allows them to take place to either test our faith or to grow our faith. And so the way we ended last week is that that in light of trials, it is our job as a follower of Jesus Christ to draw near to him. He will draw near to us. And so the call last week was for us as believers to surrender our dependence. And let the trials take us to a posture of completely being dependent upon him. And so what we saw last week is that the trials are meant for us to surrender our dependence so that the Holy Spirit of God will give us the strength to overcome the trials that we are facing. And what you're going to see this week is that the Holy Spirit of God also provides us direction in the trials that we face and so as we talked last week, that a lot of times when we walk through trials of life, that our prayer life increases, correct? In most cases, when we face trials, when we face difficult seasons, our prayer life is always on the up. We're always increasing in our prayer life when we face trials. But a lot of times that prayer life is, it simply puts us in a place where we ask God for a lot. And as we examine what we ask God for in trials, I don't know about you, but a lot of times my prayer life in a trial that I'm asking is is God remove it, right? That's simple. God, if you'll just remove it, it'll all be better. Or maybe we simply pray God heal it, whatever it is. Or maybe the thing we ask God for is God just fix it. And so we're constantly asking God for something. And what James is gonna share with us this week is He's gonna give us some instruction on some, another thing to ask. Now, just for the record, I want you to understand that it is 100% okay to ask God for something, okay? So don't hear what I'm not saying. Don't say, well, he's telling us we can't ask God to, to fix it. We can't ask God to remove it. We can't ask God to heal it. Yes, you can. So don't think that we're saying you can't ask God for anything. Matter of fact, James is gonna give us something else today to ask God for in light of a trial, But James is gonna give us insight on what that thing is. So I want you to turn to the book of James, chapter one. And what you're gonna hear today is James is not only gonna tell us what to ask for, but he's also gonna tell us how to ask for it. So he's gonna tell us what to ask for, and he's gonna tell us how to ask for it. So James chapter one, I wanna start out reading just verse five. Now, If any of you, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. I find it very interesting that it's almost as if James starts verse five out almost with a question. And as I was looking at this, and it's almost like James is taking us right back to that place of testing our faith. If you lack wisdom. So it's almost as if he's asking the question, do you lack wisdom? Now, men, I know that this is very hard for us to acknowledge. Yes, I like wisdom. If you want to believe you lack wisdom, just ask your wife. She will tell you how much wisdom you lack, all right? So how are, we gonna ask, how are we gonna answer this question? Do we, do we lack wisdom? And what James is asking, could he just be seeing the, the posture of our heart? Where is our heart when we're approaching God? Is our heart in a posture of humility? Because let's just be honest, it takes a lot of humility to ask for something. It takes a lot of humility to ask for wisdom. Wisdom. And so it's as if James is just saying, hey, where's your heart at? As you're walking through this trial, are you in need of wisdom? And so humility is the first thing that we have to come to. But the beauty of humility is that humility produces dependence. Humility produces dependence. Dependence. And for the sake of time, we're not gonna read them, but in in verses nine through 11, James helps paint this picture of this heart of dependence, this heart of surrender. And he uses two extremes. He's gonna talk about the poor, but he's also gonna talk about the rich. And the reason that he brings attention to the poor, and this is financially poor, he's talking about the poor because the poor are challenged to endure trials of life when they have little, what do we often do? A lot of times when we don't have enough or we have little, we, we tend to doubt God. And so James is acknowledging here that the poor are put in a position of trials of life where sometimes they will question God. They will doubt God. But then on the flip side, you have the rich that he's talking about. And the reason that the rich are being addressed here is because oftentimes... They're challenged to depend on God because they trust their own wealth. They trust their own resources. So a lot of times, if we don't need God, we don't lean on God. And so maybe the rich, they look at it from a perspective. They don't need God because they've got all the money to take care of everything. And he wants them to understand, hey, money can't fix it all. So these are just the pictures that James are trying to draw here so that we can better understand. And James is challenging. It doesn't matter matter where you're at, but the heart of a follower of Christ is we have got to be in a posture of dependence. We've got to depend on God for everything. But the first step in taking towards wisdom is answering the question that James first asked we have to acknowledge that we need wisdom. We have to acknowledge that we need wisdom. James is a human being, so James knows that we need wisdom. He needs it, so therefore, we need it. And so once we acknowledge that we need it, once we humble our hearts in a position of dependence upon God, we've acknowledged that God has something that we need, then James gives very clear instructions. What does he he tell us to do? Ask for it. So we acknowledge we need it. Once we've acknowledged we need it, now we simply ask for it. And so when we ask God for wisdom, I want you to understand that this ask sounds a lot different than asking God to remove it. When we ask for wisdom, it sounds much different than asking God to remove it. And so when we ask God for wisdom, what are we asking him for? What are we asking him for when we ask God for wisdom? Before we unpack what this means, I want you to know that there's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is not something I have a lot of. I'm just kidding. Y'all aren't supposed to laugh at that. Good gracious. But knowledge, my wife I think just said amen, didn't you? Yep, I heard her. But knowledge is simply accumulating information gathering up resources. But as you're gonna see when it comes to wisdom, there's a big difference than just gathering information and then also knowing how to apply that information. So knowledge is just simply gathering information, gathering resources, so that we have it all between our ears. However, wisdom is much more than mental intelligence. Wisdom is living out what we know, but also being able to apply it and knowing how to and when to. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is being able to take what we know and know what to do with it. How do we use it and when do we use it? And so for the believer, what I want you to know today is that we can know everything in God's word. We can have all the head knowledge we need of this book. We can have all of the head knowledge that we need, what it means to follow Jesus, what a relationship looks like with Jesus. But the question that we have to answer, does all that knowledge affect how we live? Does all the knowledge that we have of God, all of this information that we gather each and every week, that we gather with every book we read, with every resource we look into, Does all of that knowledge equal a transformed life? Because at the end of the day, that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. It's knowing how to apply what we know. But James, James wants us to know. James wants us to have the wisdom That how are we going to act? How are we going to respond when we face trials? We can know how to respond, but are we doing it or not? That's the difference. So when we ask God for wisdom, you know what you're asking God for? When I'm in a trial and I'm asking God for wisdom, when I'm faced with a big decision and I'm asking God for wisdom, I am simply asking God, reveal your perspective to me. God, help me see it the way you see it. God, help me to understand the best course of action based off your thoughts, based off your ways, and not mine. God, help me see the bigger picture. And God, when I see the bigger picture, when you empower me to see the bigger picture, God, allow my response to glorify you. Allow my response to glorify you. And when we're asking God for wisdom, we're simply saying, God, I want your perspective, not mine. Because our perspective is driven off how we feel. Our perspective, our response is driven by our emotion, not the sovereignty of God's plan, and not the sovereignty of God's will. So here we are. If you lack wisdom, what do we do? We ask. If we lack wisdom, James is very simply telling us if you lack it, ask for it. But then he goes on in verses six through eight. He tells us how to ask for it. But let him ask in faith without doubting for the doubter is like the surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all of his ways. So very clearly, we see how we're to ask. We're to ask, number one, knowing we need it, but we're also to ask in faith, believing we will receive it. but here's where it gets slippery. Here's where it gets complicated. Not only is it believing that God will give it to us, but when he does give it to us, are you gonna believe it's right? When God gives you his direction, when God gives you his instruction. When he reveals all of the wisdom that you need to you, it's one thing to believe he's gonna give it to you, but when he gives it to you, are you going to believe it as the truth? Because as a follower of Jesus Christ, when the Holy Spirit of God gives us that wisdom, it is now our responsibility to surrender to it. And look, catch it, this when I say it, it doesn't mean we'll understand it but it simply means that we have to trust it and that we have to walk in it even when we don't like it, even when it's much harder. And that's exactly what James is talking about. If we ask, we can't be double-minded because how often do we ask God for wisdom and somehow he reveals it to us, which you are gonna talk about that in just a moment, but what if we don't like the answer? How many times do we ask God, God, is, there a, is, is this like multiple choice? I get it, like maybe this is A, but there's gotta be a B, C, and D somewhere. The wisdom of God, the wisdom of God is one answer. And it's whatever his plan is. And it's whatever we must trust but at the end of the day we can't be double-minded we can't say God give me your wisdom and I'm gonna do it as long as I like it God I'm gonna follow it as long as it's easy but if we're double-minded that's us saying God give me your answer but if I don't like it is it okay if I go elsewhere to find a better answer That's what it means to be double-minded. So it's not only asking in faith, believing he will give it, but once he gives it, will we believe it and surrender to it? Because when you ask and he gives it, it is then that you must ignore your perspective, not to mention ignore the world's perspective. So the bottom line Whatever he reveals, as a child of God, we must surrender to it. And so far, James is telling us a lot about wisdom. Acknowledge that you need it. Ask. Trust him to give it. And trust that what he's gonna give is the truth. But probably the looming question in everybody's mind It's okay, Brian, I understand that it's telling me if I ask, he will give it. But how does he give it? How does he give it? Is it gonna like be written in the clouds? Is it gonna be like spelled out in my cereal? Am I just gonna receive an anonymous text message that says, this is God, here's the answer? Never let me be the one that limits God. God can do whatever God wants to do. So I'm not gonna say that he can't do all those things. But I will venture to say that that's not the norm. Wouldn't it be a lot easier if it was? Wouldn't it be a lot easier if it did, if you just poured a bowl of cereal and it spelled it out in it? It would be so much easier. Or maybe in my house, it wouldn't even be in the bowl. It would be spelled out on the floor, like where the kids spill it all. But the question is, is how does God give it When you look at that verb give, when you look in the original language, what I love about this, and let this increase your faith today, that word gives, it is written in the present tense, meaning, listen to me, it's always available. It's always there. It's ongoing. So the fact that God wants to give us wisdom, what that wants us to know is that he never runs out of wisdom. If we are willing to seek it, we will guess what? Find it because God always wants to give his children this wisdom. It's in the present tense, but, but how does he give it? How does he give it? There's three ways. There's three ways that we're going to look at in the scripture that will tell us how he gives it. And this is not rocket science. This is why I love messages like today because it's not a very preachy message. It's simply teaching because I want you to increase your faith when you ask God for something. So how does he give it? He gives it through his word. He gives it through prayer. And he gives it through his people. He gives it through his word. He gives it through prayer. And he gives it through his people. I want you to turn to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 55. And we're gonna read just a few verses right here. But in Isaiah 55, in verses eight and nine, listen to what Isaiah writes. And obviously, he's speaking on behalf of God as a prophet of God, he says in verse eight, this is from God, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I look at these two verses as a simple reminder from God and he is saying, I've got what you need. I have what you need. All wisdom is mine. My ways are not your ways and my thoughts are sure not your thoughts. And if you want my ways, if you want my thoughts, James has already been very specific. If we want God's ways, if we want God's thoughts, then guess how we get it? Ask. So God's reminding us here, I have what you want, but all you gotta do is ask for it. Then we keep reading in verses 10 and 11. For just as rain and snow Fall from heaven and do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat. Verse 11 gives us the answer as the importance of the very first way to find wisdom of God. Verse 11, so my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty but it will accomplish what I please and it will prosper in what I send it to do. So verse 11 is very clear on telling us the very way that we as his children receive wisdom and it is through his word. Listen to me. All wisdom of God is found in the scripture written by God. All of it. He didn't miss anything. All of God's wisdom is in God's Word. And can I tell you, listen to me, there is absolutely no replacement as to a child of God spending time in the Word of God. If you're not in the Word of God, you're not a growing child of God. It's that simple. If you're not in the word of God, you're not growing as a child of God. And this is why we often talk about the importance of reading God's word daily. This is the very reason I love studies when we walk through books of the Bible because this gives you something as a people to read all week long. And so when you come next Sunday, I hope that all of you have read James chapter one. And you say, well, what do I do when I read James chapter one? What do I do after that? Go back and read James chapter one again. What do you do when you finish it then? Go back and read it again. So as we come to gather together on Sunday mornings, everything that I'm gonna preach and teach, my prayer is is that you're familiar with it because you've been in it all week. You're gonna be looking at it. You're gonna be marinating and saturating yourself with the word of God. You know what is mind-blowing to me? Is that when people ask and they're trying to seek direction, they're trying to make decisions, can I tell you how many times I've heard them say, well, God's just not speaking to me yet. And you know what I sarcastically in my mind wanna say? Oh, he's speaking. You're just not reading it. He's speaking. He's already spoken. You're just not reading it because we have this disillusionment that God is gonna write it in the clouds, that God is gonna spell it out in our cereal. But at the end of the day, all of the wisdom of God is here. And if you're not in here, you're not gonna have the wisdom of God. It is found in the word of God. You'll never know his wisdom if you're not reading his instructions. You'll never know his wisdom if you're not reading his instructions. God's wisdom, God's perspective, it's all found here. And there's absolutely no replacement for this. No replacement for this. And this is why we want you to absorb the wisdom of God is by reading the word of God. You know, I know you men, it's fall, like it's football season. The thing that you love to do on the weekends, probably there's nothing better than smelling the grill fire up, right? I, I could just sit out in the smoke all day long. It just makes me happy. But if you wanna grill a steak and you have the marinade of choice or if it's chicken or whatever it is, are you gonna take the tongs and pick that piece of meat up and dip it in the marinade and throw it on the grill? If you do, guess what's going to happen? It's just going to get the natural taste. You're not going to have the taste of the marinade. The only way that it is going to taste the way you want it to taste is if you let it soak. If you let the marinade seep into the tissues of the meat and it has to sit in it, it has to rest in it. And that's why as a child of God, what we want to do is just simply open up God's word and just take a quick dip, and then we wonder why it doesn't transform our life. Because at the end of the day, we've gotta be sitting with the word of God daily and letting it transform us from the outside in. And then we get mad at God when we dip into his word and don't get what we wanna hear. God wants us to be in his word. He wants us to sit in it, so it soaks up in our inner being, and it transforms who we are. And guess what? It also transforms our perspective. It transforms our perspective because it becomes his. And James helps paint that picture, or not James, but Isaiah, when he uses the picture here of rain and snow. Because rain and snow both accomplish the same thing. They both saturate the ground. And look, there's gonna be times in our life when we need God's direction, and it comes quickly. And we're seeking the wisdom of God, we're in his word, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, God just reveals the direction that we've gotta move in. He's He's gonna reveal his wisdom to us very quickly. That's what's represented by the rain, but more cases than not, more times than not, I don't know about you, but God's wisdom comes more like snow. And what I mean by that is it falls, and there's sometimes, look, we're we're in the south, so we don't have to worry about this. But up north, there's times that that snow will stay frozen on the ground for days, for weeks, and in some cases, months. And then over a time period, as the temperatures rise, that snow begins to melt, and it slowly saturates the ground. You see that's the picture that I see that God wants for his children. Is he wants his word to transform us like the snow saturates the ground. He wants it just to seep in. He wants it to be a slow gradual process because God desires us to be in that intimate relationship with him, to be walking with him so they both soak the ground. Rain comes quick, but the snow is a process. The snow is a process. So the same with wisdom. The same with wisdom. Sometimes it comes quickly. But sometimes it takes a season of marinating and soaking up the word of God before God will reveal to us the wisdom that we desire to have. And this is just how important. I heard a pastor say this this past week. as something I was listening to. And we're gonna reference this in just a moment again and again and again. But this is the importance of God's word. And I want you to write this down. This is important for all of us as children of God. In reference to his word, you, as an individual, you have to seek wisdom daily. That's alluding to being in his word daily. You have to seek wisdom daily You must sit under his word weekly, which is what we're doing now, and you must fellowship with others around his word consistently. That's in the picture of discipleship, of of small groups. So let me repeat it one more time. Seek wisdom daily, sit under his word weekly, and fellowship around his word consistently. The common denominator in all three of those is this. Is the word of God where all wisdom is found. And so if we were gonna put these three ways that we're gonna receive wisdom from the word, through prayer, through others, I would venture to say that these are in order. That wisdom, first and foremost, is always going to come from the word of God. But another way God will reveal wisdom is through prayer. We just read about that in James chapter one, verse five. What does he tell us to do? If we lack wisdom, what? Ask. That's alluding to the conversation. Notice I said the word conversation between you and God. Because how often do we just approach God, the the throne of God, And we just throw at him our laundry list of problems. We just throw at him our laundry list of, God, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. And in Jesus' name, amen. If you're asking God for something, what would it look like if we as his children shut up long enough to listen for the answer? That's a problem I have, is I wanna take my knees before the Lord, but I'm gonna do all the talking I'm not quiet long enough to listen to the direction that he's trying to give me. I'm not not quiet long enough to sit in his word and let this reveal to me his wisdom. All I wanna do is ask, ask, ask. And you know exactly how you treat your children when all they do is ask, 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 ask. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't treat you the way I treat mine? Shut up. Quit asking me. He doesn't do that. I, he may, though. I, I just, I, you wonder. Anyway, that's how my mind goes. But are you, long, are you quiet long enough to listen to his answer? Because if we're quiet long enough to listen to the answer, the Holy Spirit of God will speak to your soul. The Holy Spirit of God will speak through his word. But are we hearing the answers that he's trying to give us? And listen, I want you to hear this, and I don't care if you hear anything else I say today, listen to me when I say this. And I'm going to reference this in just a moment again. If in your prayer life, God answers your prayer, God answers your wisdom, can I tell you this? It will never contradict what this says. If in your prayer life you share that God has revealed something to you and it contradicts the Word of God, can I tell you that you did not hear from the Holy Spirit of God? God will never reveal to you through prayer something that contradicts what's already been written. Do you understand that? So, don't ever come to me and say, Pastor, I know what the word says, but here's what the Lord revealed to me through prayer. I'm going to call you a filthy liar because it ain't true. It's not true because God will never reveal to us anything that is contradictory to what his word has already said. And so, lastly, We see God that he's gonna give us wisdom through his word. He's gonna give us wisdom through prayer, but he's also gonna give us wisdom through his people. Notice I said his people, okay? His people. Seek wisdom from those who God has placed around you. Swallow your pride and seek wisdom from those who God has placed around you. But do it very carefully. Do it very carefully who you're seeking wisdom from. And if you're seeking wisdom from someone, I wanna encourage you even subconsciously, have them fill out an application. And maybe in that application, there's two important questions that you should ask who you're seeking wisdom from. Are you ready for these? They're going to sound very familiar. The one that you're seeking wisdom from, number 1, are they in the word? Are they in the word? Are they sitting, are they seeking wisdom daily? Are they sitting under the teaching weekly and are they in the fellowship consistently? Are they doing What you've already been challenged to do. So are they in the word? And secondly, I'm gonna probably let you guess. Are they in prayer? I told you these would sound familiar. So before you seek wisdom from anyone, you better ask those questions. Are they in the word and are they praying? Listen to me, only seek wisdom from those who are pursuing wisdom themselves. Only seek wisdom from those who are pursuing wisdom themselves. And just to be very upfront, as the spirit of God reveals to you those who, people, who those people are, it's probably gonna be a small number of people. You don't wanna go to the large masses. You don't wanna go to the large number because what happens is we are still weak enough in our flesh that when we go and we start asking for wisdom and we start seeking direction from other people, if you're not careful, what you will do is you will keep seeking wisdom until you find the answer that you want. You're gonna need that small inner circle of the people who are gonna tell you what you don't wanna hear, who are gonna tell you the hard truths. Don't ever surround yourself with yes people. Don't ever surround yourself with people who are just gonna tell you what you wanna hear. Look, there's no better place that I like being than with my kids. You know why? They think I'm a hero, they think I'm funny. Chelsea, don't, she always gets mad at him. Y'all don't laugh at him. He's not funny. But my kids make me feel special. They make me feel encouraged. When we're seeking godly counsel, when we're seeking the wisdom of God, those are the type of people you don't wanna be around. You wanna be around the people who are gonna give you the truth based off what the word says. And also, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to somebody for wisdom, I'm praying to God they're in the word, but I'm also praying that they're in a conversation with God as to what information they need to tell me. So don't ever seek wisdom from somebody who's not pursuing it themselves. And the truth of the matter is, this is the problem today. Everyone thinks their perspective is right. Everyone thinks their perspective Is right. But you know, as we begin to seek wisdom, a lot of times, instead of doing it the way James commands us to do it, we base our decisions, we base wisdom off the same way that we pick carpet out. We'll go to all of these options to seek wisdom. We'll lay out all the samples. We'll lay out all the answers. Then we'll sit back and evaluate and we'll say, hey, what's what's the most popular one? Which one is gonna look the best? Well, if I pick this one, what will everyone think? Or I hope you're always thinking, which one's the cheapest? But you know what's so sad? is that's the very same way we seek God. God, what's the cheapest option? What's going to cost me the least? And at the end of the day we sit back and we pick out the wisdom of God the same way we pick out carpet samples. And what we have to understand is we've got to do exactly what we say. We've got to ask in faith, not being double-minded. When he gives it, we've got to trust it. When he gives it, we've got to surrender to it. And when he gives it, we've got to use it. When he gives it, we have to use it. But oh, the promises of God, this is the beauty, this is the victory in it. Listen what verse 12 says. If he gives it, we use it, and blessed is the one who endures the trials, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. If God gives it, we use it, we are promised by God that we will receive the crown of life. Now understand, this crown of life is not some headdress that's made of jewels and this something that a king would wear. That's not what the crown of life is. The crown of life is made of garland. It's made of vines. And this is the crown that would be given to a victorious athlete who has won the race. This is the crown that is given as an emblem of triumph. We read about it in Revelation 2. It speaks to the same crown. And so when God gives us his wisdom, when we surrender to his wisdom, we will overcome the trial. And as you're gonna see next week, we will also overcome the temptation because with every trial comes temptation. But as a child of God, if we will acknowledge we need his wisdom, We will humbly become before the feet of Jesus and say, God, I don't know what to do. God, I don't know how to act. I don't know how to respond to this diagnosis. God, I I don't know how how to acknowledge what's the best path for my family. God, I don't know which job to take. God, I don't know where to go. God, how do I handle this conflict in my family? God, how do I do it? And when we acknowledge, when we ask, the Bible says he will give it. And when he gives it, according to what the word says, we will overcome it. We will finish the race because God has provided the strength to overcome it and the wisdom as to how to work through it. And as a result, we're given that crown of life. But here's the beauty. This crown of life, it's not given so that we can march around heaven going, look at me. I finished the race. Because without the strength and the wisdom of God, you wouldn't have finished the race. But when we stand before the seat of Jesus, we're able to take these crowns off and offer them back because we acknowledge, God, you're the only reason I made it. God, you're the only reason that I had the strength to overcome it. God, you're the only reason that I had the wisdom to figure out how to maneuver it through the toughest seasons of my life. And today, God, I lay that before your feet and saying, thank you. Thank you. And so this morning, the very thing that we all need to acknowledge, we all need God's wisdom. We all need it. But if we acknowledge we need it, some of you right now, you're in a a trial of life. You're facing a big decision And today, you need to fall on your face and say, God, I don't know what to do. Can I tell you, that's the first step toward God's wisdom is saying, God, I don't know what to do, but I know you have what I want. And God, today, I wanna surrender to my dependence on you. And if you ask the Lord, you better be willing to spend time with the Lord in his word, in his prayer, and seeking wisdom from those around you. And just like we said in your prayer life, if you're seeking wisdom from someone and the wisdom that they give you contradicts what the word of God has said, with everything in you, you better ignore it. God will never place people around you that will cause you to compromise what the word of God says. And if they are, seek other counsel. You wanna hear the truth. And so this morning, my prayer is, is, that there's no doubt in my mind that a lot of us are facing trials, we're facing decisions, and you need wisdom. What a better place to start this morning than to fall on your face and say, God, I don't know what to do. And God, I'm asking today, believing you're gonna give it, But God, you're gonna have to give me the strength to surrender to it, even when I don't like it.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you made a decision or if you have any questions about salvation or anything about this Christian journey, one of our pastors would love to connect with you. So to connect and find out what your next steps are, go to our website at chestnutmountain.org slash next steps and there will be a form for you to fill out so one of our pastors can connect with you. We also want you to do three things right now. Number one, leave a review on this podcast. Tell us what you think and also a review allows us to reach even more people. Number two, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode during the week. And number three, we want you to go check out our Chestnut Mountain Church YouTube channel. So maybe there's some visuals in this episode that you couldn't see but wanted to see, and that's why we have video versions of these episodes along with other content not featured on this podcast right now on our YouTube channel. Lastly, we invite you to join us live for worship on Sunday mornings in person at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or online at 1045 as well. Learn more about us on our website at chestnutmountain.org and don't forget to follow us on social at chestnutmtn underscore for more encouragement and to see all what God is doing in and through CMC. We love you, we're praying for you, and we'll see you next time.